Welcome to Catch the Fire's Family Life Podcast. We are a family that encounters God's transforming presence and extends the kingdom. Each week we get into what God is doing among us, what He is saying through His Word, and why we should be excited about where He's leading us. For more information about Catch the Fire and giving to support this ministry, check out our website and our Church Suite app. Well, we have a great pleasure of mine today and said with an absolute smile on my face (laughs) to have the wonderful Steve Tebb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Welcome, Steve. Not Steve Tubb, not Steve Tebbs, uh, not any other variation. Steve Tebb. Uh, You may have seen his his face on a a (laughs) Pentecostal uh, worship flyer somewhere near you and his name spelt wrong. But he's on the other end of the screen with me now, and it's a joy. Hilarious. I feel honoured that you got my name right. Yeah. Well, I've only known you eight or nine years or so, so it feels only the, the least I could do. And it's a hard name to get yeah. right. All four <laughs> letters of that. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Just before we press record, we, we were talking a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit about... Uh, Steve's uh, recent ill health and my recent ill health. So between the two of us, we've got almost one healthy person um, among us. But um, yeah, um, so welcome to the Family Life Podcast. I, I think I was actually explaining what this was before I actually pressed record, but I may well say uh, for, for those listening, um, we know we have our messages go out um, on a regular basis, but it's actually really nice to, um, I find for me, to be able to sort of drop into a conversation and hear people uh, talking about the things um, with less of a rush and more with a um, uh, an, an eye to application of, uh, okay, we're talking about these wonderful things, we're talking about the supernatural kingdom, we're talking about the Father's love, um, but also we're talking about um, right now waking up and not traveling more than five yards from your front door unless you absolutely have to. And so mm. there's a level of real reality that we're all kind of um, – contending with and bringing the supernatural reality of God into that is what we all want. But um, I learn a lot from just hearing other people talk about their experience. So that's why it's a joy and a pleasure to have you with us, man. Thanks, man. It's great to be with you. It is. (laughs) Steve and I have a long history of lots of banter and laughs. And so I think we're already internally trying to rein it in and make sure that we don't have to ask our media guys to edit the podcast too much <laughs> you bring me a lot of joy as do you and um you uh you and rob uh housemates um yeah. and i recorded an interview with rob yesterday which would be the episode preceding this um he was in front of his big bookcase with all the thousands of books that he's read which i think tells me a lot about him and um you're leaning up against a blank wall with a cushion um behind you which i think tells me a lot about you yeah, it symbolizes my cleanliness and my purity and <laughs> it's very washed true. snow by the blood. It's very true. White as snow. <laughs> well, um, Steve, I'm sure loads of people um, who, you know, uh, members of Catch Fire London know you, but for, for anyone who, who, who doesn't know uh, who you are and what you do, do you want to just throw a couple of uh, thoughts our way about who, who Steve Ted is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so I've been a worship leader for 13 years, coming up to 14 years. 
Um, and uh, around that time, once I started getting into worship, uh, pretty early on, I felt a call from God um, that God was going to take me to nations in worship and that there was uh, going to be an itinerant focus on uh, the kind of ministry I was being called to. Um, really, more than anything else, I just loved worshiping Jesus. I love seeing the body of Christ worship Jesus. I love seeing people get uh, taken into the presence of God and see their lives transformed and changed by it. But I really felt like there was a uh, call to see an awakening of worship all around the the earth. You see in the scriptures where, you know, Jesus talks to the woman at the well about there is a time coming where, um, you know, the father is looking for worshipers of spirit and in truth. And I remember uh, from an early age actually feeling this kind of burning on my heart. that I really wanted to see uh, the worshipers of God being raised up around the earth into who they're called to be as lovers of Jesus. And um, I felt like there was something more. And, uh, and so God just took me on a trajectory really uh, to cut a long story short where I spent about eight to nine years getting prophetic words uh, from people about going to nations in worship. And uh, I had to go through that whole process of waiting eight to nine years of being patient and, uh, you know, kind of getting frustrated, facing a lot of the, um, I think, common feelings and emotions that a lot of people feel when you feel like God has put a dream in your heart and a call on your heart. Uh, but it seems to take a, a long time before it manifests and happens. Yeah. And, um, and then uh, eventually God began to do it around uh, six years ago or something like that. He took me through um, a very hard season that was very uh, life-shaping and defining for me, um, but he really birthed something special for me in intimacy with him that I felt really was the preparation. And so uh, from that point onwards, God began to open up the doors of worship itinerantly. I began to travel with uh, Catch the Fire. Um, so I spent a lot of time traveling with Stu and Clo, senior leaders of the church, and, um, and with Catch the Fire Ministries UK. Uh, and then as the kind of years went on as well, God just began to open up and expand uh, doors in other places as well. Uh, and a few years ago, I signed to, two years ago now, I think it was, I signed to Catch the Fire Music as well. Oh, so yeah, yeah, that's been really exciting to collaborate and partner with them in, in, in writing songs and recording. Uh, and there's going to be a lot more of those sort of things coming coming out. But most of my time really is predominantly spent traveling to different nations and places, mm. leading worship teaching and speaking as well uh and and training teams in worship and that kind of thing yeah absolutely and 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 um i i was uh, talking we did our one of our little family live facetime things the other day and talking about albums that you would take to a desert island you know if you if you only take one album and one of the ones on my on my my maybe list actually was the the most recent revival 25 album that you you're on um and just because it's got some of the most beautiful spontaneous worship that oh, wow. i've heard in recent years that just um just was so of the lord and um that's a that's that's a really i was so surprised that that was on my list because it was a recent you know you kind of think these the, you know when you think about those kind of funny games you think of all the ancient stuff the old stuff that you feel really martin smith and michael w smith and Oh yeah, there was loads of that. Yeah, yeah. My 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 final choice album was Delirious, Cutting Edge three and four. Did you feel the mountains tremble? I found yeah. Jesus obsession. Yeah. No, you weren't as good as them. Um, um, but I don't. I, I was. <laughs> I was sort of trying to angle that to say if people want to listen to some of some of your stuff. The the Revival twenty five album, the Presence album from Catch Fire. Is there any other anything else I'm missing? Um, no, that's pretty much it for now. And your YouTube channel and yeah, yeah. 
Um, talk me through, because um, what the sort of trajectory I'd, I'd love to go is 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 sort of um, a little bit like what we, we chatted with Rob about his journey in the prophetic and his own personal journey and, and sort of how that has propelled him and now how that is um, sustaining him through this season. Um, and so we kind of lean very heavily on the prophetic there. Obviously you, 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 you lead prophetic worship, um, but the, the intimacy side of worship is really kind of your, your, your sweet spot um, and your, your breaking breakers anointing is a real sweet spot as well. Just before we get to the current times, um, I know that there was a, you, you mentioned it in the, in the conversation earlier that, you know, the Lord took you through a difficult time. And I remember sort of being around you at that time and week after week, service after service, seeing you on your face, on your knees, worshipping, um, wherever, wherever there was a space in church, you know, regardless front or back or whatever, worshipping, weeping your way through worship sets as you just poured your heart out to Lord and worship how talk to me a little bit about just just the very notion of how going through a really difficult painful time shaped who you are now and the worship that you do now kind of just speak to that if you if you if you would yeah absolutely um i mean i think uh suffering is never wasted um first and foremost uh, and so god always has this remarkable way uh, i think of being able to take people in the hardest and the darkest of circumstances and really using it for his glory and turning it around. And so I remember that was a little bit kind of what came later on through the journey, but it was a principle that I held in my heart uh, when I went through this particular uh, phase in this season of my life, which lasted a good um, probably five months of what felt like going through hell. And then, uh, and then continued on a little while longer after that uh, in terms of going through the, the healing process. But when I first came to it, you know, when you, you go through a, um, a shaking like that it reveals your cracks in who you are it, sh it starts to expose what's really there it starts to expose actually how strong your foundations are actually how grounded and how rooted we are uh in the lord it starts to show us where is our identity really lying is it in what the lord has said about us and who he's made us to be or is it in the opinions of of the world and the things that have been spoken against us and this kind of thing. And, uh, and so I remember when I went through it, that that was one of the things that, that happened for me was it really revealed the cracks that were there in my identity. I came under a lot of oppression. I came under a lot of shame. I won't go into the details of the, the circumstances uh, right now, but I came under a lot of um, oppression, heaviness, intimidation. I was having nightmares every night. It was, you know, I lost all my appetite for a period of weeks and, um, and I came under a lot of condemnation and accusation. So I think, um, you know, what really happened for me in that time was I suddenly realized I don't have my roots as deep in the Lord as what I thought I did. Mm. And, uh, you know, you have an option when you're going through a period of suffering, which is you can either run into God or you can run away from God. And I remember the Lord speaking to me about that. And he said, son, this is the season now for you to make that decision. You can either run to me or run away from me. And I said, well, God, I've got nothing else. I'm absolutely running for you because I love you. And I know you work all things for good. So I at least have that uh, grounded in my heart. And so I'm going to, you know, run into you with everything I have in this season. And, um, you know, those weeks that you were talking about, um, where you would see me in church weeping. It took me a couple of weeks to get there, actually. I'd love to say um, that it was just immediately like that, but actually there was a, a requiring of me humbling myself uh, within this whole process. As bad as what was happening to me was happening, 
um, and as hard and as painful it was for my heart at the time, um, you know, there was still this thing in my heart where I remember the Lord said to me, uh, I need you to swallow your pride because what basically happened in that time was I felt I had just recently joined Catch the Fire and I felt like I was recognized kind of as a leader. I was kind of known as a worship leader, uh, transferred over from another church as well at that point. And, uh, and so I actually had a lot of my focus in that. What will people think if people see me really broken? Mm. And this time where the Lord basically spoke to me early into this whole season of suffering. And he said to me, I want you to swallow your pride. I want you to get on your knees and I want you to allow the church to actually love you back to life. Uh, because until you do that, you won't actually be able to come into the measure of healing and wholeness that I want to be able to bring you into. And so I remember at that time, it was just a week where I suddenly it was like, I just let go. I was like, I've got to let go. I've got to let people, they don't need to know what's going on, but they just need, to, I need to be free to just be me and be broken and be okay with being broken. Uh, you know, the scripture says that God never denies and never despises a broken and contrite heart. So I think God always loves it when we come in humility. God loves it when we come in our brokenness. Um, and, you know, he's the master craftsman of putting broken things back together and making them whole. So it's, you know, it's almost it's wow. in his name. Um, it's what he's the best at doing more than anyone else. And so I just, um, I really came just broken before God in that time and broken before the church really, and was amazed at how people just loved me. And, you know, I would be there every week for nearly four months straight, pouring my heart out in tears and, uh, and people would be hugging me. People would be holding my arms up praying for me, declaring truth over my life. It was incredible, uh, demonstration and example of love. And this was at catch the fire. London, so it's a, you know, it's a shout out, it's a plug for the church as well. It just they love me incredibly well. Um, well, no, that's 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 beautiful, man. That's that just hearing hearing the part of the backstory because I know we, you and I have actually chatted about that a few times before. Um, but actually, um, I think my me filling in the gaps, I just assume that wow, Steve is just so on fire for the Lord and is just so intimate that his only immediate response was to sort of prostrate himself on the ground and worship. And actually, just hearing hearing the story, and um, I think there is a humbling going on globally right now. I um, mean, God is is and and in many different levels of you know taking the sort of the near off the church um, in some respects. Um, are humbling by a way of sort of trust where we're putting our trust in. So I think that's a really, a really pertinent message for now. Um, and I just got to be honest, man, like I've been led worship in worship, some phenomenal times in our church. Um, those five months as I was sort of sat floating around, you know, uh, at the front of church or something, those five months you led me in worship. Wow. Um, and some of the most profound uh, displays of raw worship uh, that I've ever experienced in the last 10 years in the church were watching you weeping at the front. Wow. Um, and I just, I, I kind of, I say that A, to honor you, but also um, kind of to exhort what you're saying there, that um, it was actually your, your humility before God and your desire to just be authentic and kind of uh, vulnerable before your church family that had such a profound impact i think on people around you who saw you at that time uh, because you weren't doing it for the show i think you were doing it for the um the the i've just got to be vulnerable and real before god and man right now um but it was it was powerful and um it's uh yeah i just want to honor you for that man and i hope anyone who's listening who just is thinking right now 
man, I just, I hold it in on a Sunday. I can't, I can't let it out. I, it's too dangerous to let it out. I just want you to hear the words that, that Steve just shared there. Um, what would you say, Steve, that is there any kind of part of your worship that you can look to now and say, if it wasn't for going through that season of testing and trial, my worship now would not have blank in it. Wow. Is there a, is there a bit that you could attribute? I, I don't know if it even works that way, but. Absolutely. I love that you asked that question. Um, because again, this is, comes back to the whole uh, subject of suffering. I really think that, um, you know, those, those times are never wasted. And so God always uses those times to actually bring something out that's fresh. You know, it's often like, I think, um, you know, when we're going through that season of, of suffering, it's, it's the, it's the pressing, it's the crushing and it's the shaking so that God can actually begin to pour in new wine and pour out new wine as well mm-hmm. from our lives and do something different with it. Whether it's, uh, you know, you're working as a, as a teacher or whether you're a pastor of a church, whatever it is, I think whatever you've been called to by God, when you go through a season of shaking and suffering, God will always take it and use it to bring something completely new and fresh to what he's called you to. And, uh, you know, this was really, for me, was actually the, the key, I believe, to God actually releasing me even into full-time ministry because I don't think I was ready before it. But, but really, um, just to kind of continue on a little longer from what was going on in that, in that season was God really took me to a point where he said to me, uh, Steve, if you go with me on this journey, I'm going to teach you what it looks like to really trust me. And I said, God, I do trust you. And he said, no, you don't. And uh, we went backwards and forwards a little bit there. But he basically said to me in that moment, everything you're displaying right now is of someone who doesn't really trust me. If you really go on this journey with me, I'm going to teach you uh, that I'm the Psalm 23 God, the Lord that is your shepherd. And I'm going to take you into a place of intimacy with me that you've not had before. And so with, uh, you know, what I mentioned at church, but also at home, it meant that I, um, I spent almost every day during this season just weeping on my face for hours. And now that, that weeping wasn't like healing tears. Those were sustainable, desperate tears. They, they were tears that were keeping me sustained by the presence of God while I was going through it. But what they were doing was they were beginning to reveal the heart and the nature of the Father to me in a way that I never had done before. And so the places where uh, you know, I thought I really knew God, I suddenly realized I didn't know him so well. But in that season, um, he came really, really close. And so when I came out of that season, I remember feeling more in love with Jesus as broken as I'd been through the past season, I came out more in love with Jesus where he became my closest friend. And what that for me really did was um, I think it, it put a mark, to be honest with you, on uh, what God was calling me into in ministry because it was that very time where I thought, God, this is the least likely time now where I feel qualified and I feel ready to be doing what you're calling me to do. And I really wasn't expecting to release it. Uh, but, you know, God well, doesn't take the people in their perfection. God doesn't mm-hmm. take us uh, in, in our qualification, so to speak. God appoints you and then God qualifies you himself and then God makes you ready for it, however that might look. Mm-hmm. And so it was really a preparation season that God was taking me through, which was really son, I need to take you through some things where you can get healed and restored, but where you can really get to know me in such an intimate way, because what I'm calling you to is going to be something that will be marked by intimacy. And so if I was to answer in terms of what kind of changed or or how things kind of developed within worship, um, was, you know, I was always very passionate about worship and I was always very passionate about prophetic worship, but there was a real marking for me of intimacy that came and it only came through that season of suffering really that I went through in darkness. And it was from that point onwards that there, uh, there seemed to be a particular, um, 
yeah, I guess, uh, marking, if you will, of, of intimacy that people began to uh, start seeing coming through uh, the way I would lead worship because I think real worship is birthed in those places of pain. I think real worship yeah. is birth you know in the place of authenticity and you know real worship is is birth in the place where it's just you and jesus uh you know i've said that to many worship teams i work with that like the making of a worshiper will never be on a on a uh in the public place or on a platform the making of a worshiper is always in the private place between you and god it's yeah. what happens when no one else can see you uh when no one else is watching you no one else can congratulate you on how passionate you look or <laughs> You know, how many arms yeah. you've got waving in the air or how much you dance. Real worship becomes exposed in those places where it's raw uh, and it's naked, you know, and it's bare before God in that moment. And uh, and he's the only one watching, but you pour out your heart with that authenticity. And I think what happens is when you get intimate with Jesus uh, and you get close enough to him, that will spill out into everything you're doing. And I just encourage every person that listens to this, because this is not about being a worship leader or a pastor or preacher or any of that stuff at the end of the day. This is about uh, us being sons and daughters of God and who God has called us to be as friends of God. Mm. And uh, any one of us, when we get intimate enough with the Lord, um, undoubtedly that will begin to spill out of your life into whatever yeah. ministry that is. Uh, I'd, so, I'd love to yeah. take. I'd, I'd love to take that that point on a, another thought because, um, <clears throat> in our charismatic expression of of uh, of faith, um, passion both in the belly and externally is kind of it's one of the key things that you can identify a charismatic from a non charismatic. Um, and sometimes, you know, whether it be the, the, the prophetic declarations, the standing up, the hands or whatever, or just the, uh, the, the way in which you're choosing to worship in a moment, I know that there, there can be a fine line sometimes between um, stirring somebody to kind of get out of their seat and come on, throw, your, throw yourself into this. And between that and between if you don't, worship till your voice is sore or you know punch the air with your hands then you're not kind of you're not being passionate you know th th there needs to be this external thing for the, the rest of us to know that you're being passionate mm. um now aside from the coronavirus weirdness that we're going through right now i would say steve speak to me about that like speak, speak to me a bit about the, the 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 difference between stirring somebody into um stepping up their passion and not stirring someone into perform for me. Mm. Now that we're all sat in our houses and we're all watching somebody on the other end of a screen do worship and depending on how good their screen is, it sounds great for some. It sounds like an absolute trial for others. I'm just being honest. I'm just like, I'm getting nothing from this. I'm not encountering anyone. That's so true. <laughs> like, what, how, how do we, I'm, I'm throwing 15 different things at you. So just feel free to go with the thing that sticks on the, on your pure wall. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do people have that level of authenticity in their worship? I'll just, maybe I'll just use myself as the example. How does Alistair yep. worship in spirit and truth with authenticity and passion and fire without it being a performance, A, mm -hmm. and also when I've got, you know, three rooms in my house to go into, you know, right now, and I don't have that corporate thing. Like, what are you learning from this, this time? And what, 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 what have you already got on your tool belt from the last few years? 
Wow, that's a lot of questions. <laughs> that's loaded. Go. That's a good. Touch. <laughs> I'll answer every <laughs> single one of them. Um, yeah, I think this is this is a, a testing and telling time that we're in really right now as worshippers. Um, because actually, I think that there is a lot that the enemy is actually trying to do in shut down the worshippers. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how it doesn't matter how you worship God. You know, as long as it comes from the heart, that's the most important thing. That's mm-hmm. absolutely true. And I, you know, don't dispute that. And the scriptures talk about how uh, God looks at Samuel, but he didn't look on the appearance of man. He looks at the condition of his heart. Sure. And uh, you know, I think this is the absolute um, uh, crux of it. I think the Lord is after more than anything else is absolutely is the heart of a worshiper mm-hmm. uh, and the authenticity of a worshiper again. But at the same time, I don't know whether this will touch on, on uh, everything you kind of asked, but this is just some of the stuff that's coming to me. I will acknowledge I gave a 15 layered question for you, but no, I feel like I've given you a lot to shoot at. So you can't miss. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, you can just interrupt me at any point if you need to and, and uh, correct me. As always. I I will assume that's my right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you kind of get into this, um, this thing really about what is the right way to to worship God and and what is it to be authentic in worship. And, you know, I think there is something to be said about how we can worship abandonedly to Jesus in silence. There was something that some of the old saints spoke about, A.W. Tozer, some of these people, Wigglesworth, where they found this place of communion with God in silence that was one of the highest places of worship and adoration that they would enter Mm -hmm. into. Having said that, at the same time, I think the Bible is very clear about the physical demonstration of worship as well. And and so that there's something about the worth of God that demands a response. So worship is our response to the revelation of God, whether it be verbally or physically in our bodily movement or whatever that might look like. There is a demand that is placed on us as the people of God uh, that what you've seen of Jesus would actually cause and provoke some form of an expression of worship, whether that's you bowing down, whether that is you lying prostrate on the floor, whether it is you um, speaking verbal utterances. And we know that that's something that God not only um, would expect, but actually God commands in the Bible. Uh, We're commanded to sing to the Lord. We're commanded to seek the presence of God. These are certain things that God has actually instituted and commanded uh, the people of God to do. Uh, But there's there's something in this which says, um, you know, there's when you get to a certain place with Jesus and you fall in love with him and you begin to see more and more of him, it's going to provoke and stir you to worship him in a different way. And I remember always looking at this with the, you know, you get the argument sometimes of, well, I'm a little bit more of an extrovert and I'm a bit more of an introvert. Yeah. I'm just not really wired in that same way to worship Jesus the way that person does. Like, you know, I'm, 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 and I'm definitely not a dancer. You know, all of these kind of things start coming into our, our language and our mindset and our thinking. Um, but you go to a football match and yeah. you don't see any of those things there. You see a people who are completely uninhibited, who are completely unrestricted and who give their all. I, you know, I remember saying to someone, how would you respond if you won the lottery? I very, very much doubt anyone who picks up and wins 20, 30, 40, 50 million, whatever it might be, are going to have a silent approach and a response to God. And so this is not a critique <laughs> of those who are silent before God. I'm going to put my hands out and sway a little bit left to right. That's, that's, how, I'd, that's how I'd respond. <laughs> yeah just give a gentle nod <laughs> you know and yeah no it's such a good point but for everyone listening this is not me critiquing and saying you can't worship god in silence anyone who knows me will often actually see me sometimes when i'm not leading worship just sat in worship and i'll be in a, in a very deep uh, mm. place with jesus really communing with him and really uh loving him and falling deeper in love with him and so this is not 
a judgment on that. I think my challenge to the church is that if there is not a demonstration and an expression of worship in some form, then there is a problem that's going on. And, uh, you know, when you look at some of those sort of other examples, I think we have to put it into uh, question as to what is really going on. Do we really know Jesus? Do we really love him? And, uh, you know, the, the, you've got the seven different kind of Hebraic words for praise that are all through the Bible. And you've got a, a bunch of those that, uh, you know, you've got Yada, which is talking about the kind of the external stretching out of the arms. You've got uh, Barak, which is all about the bodily movement. These are, these are uh, you know, words that are used through the Psalms that the psalmist regularly uses mm. uh, in, in, uh, in relation to the word praise. Uh, that are all demonstrative and setting an example of using our physical bodies to praise God. And so um, this is just, just something a little bit uh, just to touch on in terms of, um, I think, the physical expression is that that Jesus is worthy of our expression. Jesus is mm. worthy uh, of, of my dancing, even if I'm not a good dancer. Jesus is worthy of my kneeling. Um, even if I don't want to do that, but you know, there are, there are certain th requirements uh, that I believe that is, is on us as the body of Christ in our expression and love and adoration to God, that God is actually calling forth. And I feel like if I can just touch prophetically on some things I'm sensing at the moment is that actually I feel like, um, you know, with a lot of what's happening with Corona at the moment, I feel like there is something about the sound of worshipers. And that's why this is important. There's something about the sound of worship that God is raising up around the earth, even though it's coming from people's homes um, that, that is going to be needed for the nation. And I actually felt like the worship was actually bringing a cleansing to the atmosphere and to the nations uh, in this time that there was, I, I got taken into an encounter recently with the Lord where I got swept in and uh, I began to ask him questions about Corona and, um, and uh, he began to speak to me pretty clearly. I saw some quite uh, ex explicit stuff that um, I then later on, later on began to share on social media. But one of the things I saw uh, was people's homes being filled with smoke. And I knew it was representative of worship and prayer. Uh, like when it talks about, you know, the harp and bowl in the book of Revelation, the, the music and the prayers of the saints rising like incense before God and before the throne. And I saw... Uh, you know, these, this smoke, the sound, the fragrance and the uh, expression of worship in people's homes that would be released in this time that will look different to how it has done before, because we're in a different time now. And we're in a time like we were talking about before, where, where you're just stuck at home, it actually starts to really begin to expose and bring out the true worship, uh, because you really see the reason of why a person worships in those situations, because it's no longer about anyone else at that point. You worship for the audience of one. And that's where true worship really begins to get formed uh, you know in fact even in that scripture that talks about worshiping in spirit and in truth one of the translations for truth in that uh, original translation means to withhold nothing back so there's this thing about worshiping wow. with an abandoned heart withholding nothing back completely unveiled uh, you know bare again before god and that's that's absolutely i think what is happening and so it's teaching us in a season like this where we're forced into a place of isolation to actually worship um, God in a different way to what we have done before, but to really see that true expression come out. And, you know, I felt like um, I'm going to put this out there for, for worshipers just prophetically to encourage you because, uh, you know, I know we spoke at the beginning, I think before we press record about how both me and you have been sick and things like that at the moment. But when I, when I fell sick a couple of weeks ago, I came under quite an intense um, 
two weeks of warfare uh, spiritually within the midst of uh, that whole thing of being physically sick. Um, but there were certain dimensions of things of the enemy that really came against me uh, and certain uh, aspects of confusion and anxiety and different, different things I won't go into for now. But it was an intense spiritual uh, warfare kind of time. That's what it felt like. And I was in a real battle zone. When I came out of it, it took about 10 days or so. And, you know, during that time, uh, of course, worship is a weapon of warfare. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Bible talks about us not having weapons that are carnal, but weapons that are mighty in God to tear down strongholds. Worship is one of those weapons uh, that God has actually given us to tear down strongholds. And so um, I always encourage people to, to use that. Let Thanksgiving be your, uh, be a sword in your hand to use really against the enemy because that's what the enemy hates. Um, but when I came out of it, I said, God, would you just show me something about what's been going on. And uh, I'm going to write something up at some point and probably put this out there, but I'll just share it with, with you now, Alistair, that um, I felt God suddenly show me these magpies. Really, really bizarre picture. And I just saw these magpies. And, uh, and I began to seek the Lord and ask him, what on earth does that represent? I know that they don't have a particularly good reputation. Um, you know, they're not the, the nicest of birds, but I don't know much about them. Uh, other than I know there's something in this picture you're showing me of magpies in terms of what the enemy has been trying to do, not just to me, but to other believers as well. Mm. And uh, unbeknown to me, I mean, I began to then sit on it for a couple of days and pray about it. And when I looked up a little bit more information about them, um, you know, I know they're kind of known for being sneaky and things like that, but um, you know, they've obviously they've got quite a strong reputation for thievery, for robbery. So I knew immediately there was something God was showing me about these magpies were trying to, in the spirit, bring a thieving and a robbery to people in the body of Christ. What I didn't realize uh, was when I did a little bit more research into looking into their intention and what they do is, is that they says that they are known for attacking songbirds. And, uh, and that really, really wow. kind of struck me because I thought, man, God, you could have showed me anything in that moment of any kind of bird. I'm like, but you shoot, show me those birds for a reason. And I knew in that moment that God was really speaking to me. And this is not about the worship leaders in the nation. This is about worshippers full stop in the nation. Yeah. There is something about the sound of, you know what? That's so, that's so profound. Cause I, um, I mean, just amazing that God, I mean, he could have shown you a picture of a honey badger or something, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. but right. that's so that's so profound. Um, and I, I'll, my personal testimony to that and, I know we need to bring it into land, so I'll, I'll do this quick. Um, but because of my sickness, um, which I didn't know whether it was coronavirus related or not, I just had a really bad sore throat um, and, you know, attributed it to being on the phone for eight hours a day as soon as we went on to quarantine, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, one of the results of it was that every time there was an online worship session or Sunday church being streamed, um, I couldn't sing. So I was just sat there. So I had this feeling of like, you know, I'm so blessed to have my home and I've got food in the fridge and all those kind of things, but uh, I can't go anywhere. And when church starts, I, I can't even open my mouth and sing along. Mm -hmm. And um, Matt Seisel, uh, worship pastor, led worship um, at a government uh, event Tuesday night over Zoom. And um, it was it was it was great his worship was amazing but there was a number of people on the zoom call who hadn't muted themselves and so they were singing and so matt's worship you can imagine matt's worship was on one screen and then suddenly this kind of older gentleman's kind of we worship you god was like overriding it and i was like oh man this is just mute everyone everyone mute um and then that, you know it just went on like that for a little while um until it got sorted 
But I messaged Matt afterwards and I said, I wasn't singing loudly, but today was the first time in two weeks I've been able to open my voice and sing in worship. Wow. And I was just like, the, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't see the fiery eyes of Jesus. Angels didn't necessarily appear in my view, but something in me felt so much better for declaring praise having wow. had two weeks of just effectively nodding um, yeah. and singing in my heart and um, and feeling yeah. bummed out about it as well, you know? I think that's the beautiful thing about praise. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's uh, our gift and our, off- our offering to God, but actually really it's his blessing that he's got yeah. on us. Yeah. So often come into that place to give him thanks and praise because he's worthy and he deserves it. And it will always be about that, but we get so blessed in the process as we begin to declare the truth and the nature of your yeah. body begins to to change things but you know i really felt like uh for worshipers like all over our nation at the moment that this is this is something the enemy's been trying to do to paralyze the worshipers mm. uh, paralyze those who are who are passionate about worshiping jesus because we're in a time where uh worship is burning and raising up all over all, over, all across the nation probably in other nations as well but i don't want to obviously speak on 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 uh yeah. on the nation's behalf but i know certainly in the uk there is a stirring of worship that's rising all over the place and i I don't know what you feel, but I really sense that when we come out of this season, uh, like worship's going to explode in the nation in a whole different mm. way. Because I think that uh, there's something that we're learning through this time. Uh, you know, amidst all the other stuff we've just been talking about, it's certainly been true for me, and, and I'm, I'm sure it probably will be for you and for many others, is that um, through this whole process, you realize what you've taken for granted in corporate worship. Absolutely. Uh, realize kind of what you had and how special it was and so i actually think that what god is doing is, is bringing like a renaissance of gratitude back into the church again mm. uh, within worship and so i think we're going to see a real explosion of that when we kind of pass through the season in terms of what that's gonna uh you know look like and do in the nation of the uk and i'm, I'm really really excited about that but um and just see what that, I, I love that and uh i don't know whether you've used that phrase before a renaissance of of gratitude but I think there's something on that. Can you, can you, just as we land, can you pray into that? And I, I just want to give, um, this is a funny thing that's just come to mind, but I want to give, uh, I want to give credence to prayers that are done and recorded. Um, Mm. we're not closing prayer. I'm not, I'm saying kind of just to the, to the, you know, general audience, we're not praying because this is just the end and we pray to close because that's polite. Um, there's, a beautiful thing John Arnott said the other day on a, on a, on a teaching session was he had no idea that the anointing could be recorded. Um, and he said him and, um, were they watching, uh, at the school of ministry in Toronto, they were watching a Catherine Coleman video and she called out a word of knowledge for a heel back. Um, and this was in the seventies and this is like 2000 and something. And, somebody in the Toronto school of ministry said, that's me. I've got a back and they got healed before anyone even laid their hands on. And John John was just like the anointing transmitted, even though it was 30 years ago, we, we received it in that moment. And he was like, wow, yeah, I never realized you could record the anointing, but I guess (laughs) you can, you know, like that's huge. So I just, I just want to, I just felt like you were saying that just for anybody, I feel like Steve's going to just release something and whether it's, you know, two minutes or 10 minutes, just, I want to receive for myself. Um, and I just encourage you right now, just receive what, what's just being going to be keep released to God and, and imparted now. And yeah, yeah, we just welcome you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Father, we just thank you for your presence here this afternoon. Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for every person, Lord, that's listening to this even right now. And Father, we thank you, that, Lord, that you have called us to be a people that would worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, I thank you that you've called us to be a people that would worship you with abandoned hearts of praise, love, adoration. God, I thank you that you've called us to not be a meek and mild people that are scared or intimidated in worship, but, Lord, that you are raising up an army of worshippers, that, Lord, that there is an army that is being built right now, even in this hour, God, where the worshippers of spirit and in truth are being raised up all across the earth. And Lord, I thank you uh, that, Father, you are birthing and stirring this nation of the UK in worship, but Lord, you're, you're stirring and raising up that renaissance of gratitude back in the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray that there will be songs of thanksgiving. I pray there'll be songs of gratitude that will come out. I pray that there'll be a stirring in hearts of every believer today that listens to this, Lord, that will be stirred to respond in thanksgiving to you this afternoon. Lord, I pray that there will be something inside of our bones, God, that would explode with fire. Lord, I pray that there will be an increase of your glory on every person that listening to this, Lord. I pray that there will be a stirring of worship that would rise all across the UK today. And Lord, we declare right now in the name of Jesus that the worshippers will not be shut down, that Father, their voices will not be paralyzed or closed that, Lord, intimidation and fear would not grip them. Father, we take authority over every power and every principality of darkness, every uh, every spirit, every um, attack of the enemy that's come against the people of God in this hour, specifically to paralyze worship. Father, we take authority right now, and we declare in the name of Jesus that your voices are unlocked in Jesus' name. We declare in the name of Jesus that fear would have no longer any grip on you. We declare right now the sound of your worship would be heard in heaven and father we ask you right now lord rend the heavens and come down lord let this let the heavens break open over your people lord in this time and father let there be a awakening and a stirring of worship like we've never seen before the lord will propel and usher in the next move of god the lord that there will be an outpouring of the spirit there'll be a mighty revival god that would be characterized by abandoned worshippers of spirit and in truth, Lord, those who would give everything of themselves to you in worship, not just in song, but in their lifestyle as well. It would truly be a sacrifice of praise that we live out on a day-to-day basis. And so, Father, I bless every worshipper. I bless thanksgiving to be on our lips and on our tongues and in our hearts and uh, you know i also just want to really quickly pray that lord you would take us out of ourselves and take us into god that lord every place where we've become introspective and narcissistic and obsessed and preoccupied with ourselves lord bring us back to the heart of worship where it's all about you where we enter into your courts with thanksgiving and we come to your gates with praise father and i pray that there would be uh lord even right now for every person who's going through stuff right now in this this moment that God that that thanksgiving would become a sword in their hand that you would release right now in Jesus name and so father we give you glory we say that you are the worthy lamb to receive all honor all power all wisdom all praise and all thanksgiving in Jesus name amen amen oh so good man amen thanks so much for having me thank you and um yeah I hope that we hope that we get to have you back at some point yeah Yeah. please do (laughs) with my clean wall with your clean wall your clean wall your pure heart and your clean hands and wall (laughs) I'm going to leave it there before my banter goes to a place that requires editing but I love you man thank you so much (laughs) thanks so much